What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast, episode 95. And quite frankly, I don't even have time to think about what player in Washington franchise history wore number 95. I know it's a lot of them. We could call this the fucking Casey Hill episode for all I fucking care. Um, to give you a time... Well, before... <laughs> You can, as you can see, I'm fired up. As I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. Um, but if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to comment, be sure to like, be sure to subscribe. And to give you a timestamp as I do for all of my episodes, today is Sunday, September 24th, and it's about 11 o'clock p.m. And we're about six to seven hours removed from a fucking shellacking, <laughs> a fucking ass whooping <laughs> that we took at the hands of the Baltimore, um, at the, uh, took to the hands of the Buffalo Bills today. And the title of this episode, we're going to go ahead and call this the Buffalo Beatdown because that's exactly what I experienced at FedEx Field today. Um, Washington loses 37-3. to And I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know now, I don't expect this to be too long of a podcast uh, today. I don't expect this to be too long of an episode because what can you really talk about when your offense puts up three points in garbage time when it was really supposed to be a shutout? What is there really to talk about? But let's get into this game. <laughs> let's get into the little bit of things that we can talk about into this game. Um, but the game was bad from the start. The game was bad from the start. Now, contrary to popular belief, because I'm already seeing it in the Washington Commander community and things like that, a lot of people are going to tell you that the, that the team wasn't prepared, especially the offense, that they came out flat, they came out prepared. And that simply isn't the case. That simply isn't the case. You know, we won the uh, coin toss. We elected to defer. You know, Buffalo marched downfield, uh, allowing a big passing play to Stephon Diggs, but we held up, forcing him to just kick a field goal. And then the offense came out. And the offense came out guns are blazing, right? It looked like it was going to be a continuation of Denver. Sam was getting the ball out of his hands fast. The timing was there. The precision was there. But then you get into the red zone. But then you get into the fucking red zone where your boy Sam Howe has one of his four interceptions on the day. Four interceptions. I said that we only scored three points, so you know we ain't scoring no touchdowns. So he had a four to zero interception to touchdown ratio today. That's disgusting. But let's read off the rest of the stat, uh, his stat line. He had 19 for 29 passing for 170 yards, and that's about it. It ain't really much more to talk about. Now, the four interceptions are ugly. The four interceptions are disgusting. But let me tell you the thing that I hated the most about this stat line. Was the 29 passing attempts were about 10 passing attempts too many. I mean, you have this young signal caller who has the fucking pocket presence of Patrick Ramsey. We allowed nine sacks today. And all of it wasn't on that fucking putrid offensive line. But I'm going to get on their ass later. Trust me. Trust me. We're going to talk about them later. But Sam Howell has no fucking pocket awareness. And it's something we heard throughout the draft. It's the reason why he dropped down to the fifth round, despite the arm talent. First round arm talent, seventh round pocket presence. That divide, that divvies out to about a fifth round draft grade. We saw it in the first two weeks. Six sacks against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Six to seven sacks against the Denver Broncos. Well, guess what? You had nine fucking sacks against the Buffalo Bills today. The Buffalo Bills are just used to fucking up our quarterbacks. Because if I can remember, that was the Buffalo Bills that sacked John Beck 10 times in 2011. The last time we were 2-0. Fucking deja vu, dog. Fucking deja vu. 
And you want to talk about deja vu? NFL, stop fucking scheduling us against the fucking Buffalo Bills in week three of the NFL season, bro. Stop that shit. That shit is embarrassing. Because <clears throat> if you guys can remember, we played them in week three of 2021. Guess what? They fucking raped us then too. They fucking blew us out then too. I think it was 42 to 21 then. But at least we were respectable enough to put up 21 fucking points. Fucking deja vu. Fucking deja vu all over again. Ron talks about this is a measuring stick game. Stop saying that shit, bro. <laughs> he loves saying that, and I think some of it has to do with he feels he feels a little insecure that his protege, Sean McDermott, has a lot of success going on in the NFL. Because <clears throat> this is the second time that we played the Buffalo Bills. Also in that 2000, referencing that 2021 game that I just mentioned, where he called this a measuring stick game. And then we proceeded to get our asses fucking destroyed. So what does that tell you about the fucking measurements? You got some miscalculations over there at, 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 at Commander's Park or whatever y'all calling that shit now. And yes, it was only one loss. And we are 2-1. And, and Dallas lost to the fucking Arizona Cardinals today. So I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to stay positive. But there were some things that I saw today that we have been preaching all offseason that's reared its ugly head today. That reared its ugly head today. And one of those things were that, you know, Eric Bieniemy, Ron Rivera, and Sam Howe, right? The holy trinity of the offense, the holy trinity of the organization right now. I was concerned about, you know, where, where the correlation of each of their standpoints or where they stand in their careers and how that was going to affect Sam Howe's development, right? How that was going to affect his young signal caller's development going into the 2023 season. You got a coach in Ron Rivera who's coaching for his fucking life, right? And you got a team that he saw, he already told you he felt like it was built to win. Then you got a guy like Eric Bieniemy who wants to be an NFL head coach who feel like he's been passed up over and over again. That doesn't seem like a perfect recipe for a guy, uh, for a young signal caller who's looking to develop. These are guys that's looking to win. These are guys that need to win for their job security. And as I mentioned before, I don't think that where these guys are in each of their careers, I don't think that it correlates into the overall success of Sam Howell's development. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Nine fucking sacks, right? Nine fucking sacks. We're going to get into that putrid offensive line in a minute. So that's a coaching malpractice. That's a management malpractice. And we're going to get in those into a minute. But for all the praise, for all the praise that we've gave it, given Eric Bieniemy over the course of the first two weeks, myself included, he was equally as bad as he was good in those first two weeks today. Maz was pass happy as hell. So for the next week, we're going to call him Eric Pass Happy Bieniemy. As I told you guys, Sam threw that ball two t 10 times too many. And I'm telling you now, if he didn't throw four interceptions to kill four drives, those passing attempts would have been to, in the 35 to 40 range. In a fucking monsoon. In a fucking monsoon. That's malpractice in itself. But that also looks like a guy, Eric Bieniemy, who's coaching for the future to showcase for his potential NFL job next year. 
He looked like a guy that bought into all the hype. That was reading all the Twitters and talking about the Sam Sam Howe and the all and how good that the offense was looking. That's how Eric Bieniemy coached today, like a guy that bought into the hype. Because there's no way that you can have Brian Robinson average ten yards. I mean, average seven um, yards per carry on ten carries, and he only has ten carries, giving me real Scott Turner against the New York Giants last year vibes. And it's only one game, so I'm not gonna put Eric Bieniemy in that boat now. But he at least has to wear that name tag for the next week. Pass happy. We calling that boy pass happy. Because he must have forgot he was a former NFL running back. And as I mentioned, I love that we have an offensive coordinator that's with the modern NFL, that's up, up with the times, that has a modern NFL offense. But it was a fucking monsoon in FedEx Field today. Shit looked like Hurricane Katrina, bro. And I'm not trying to make light about Hurricane Katrina and the impact of Hurricane Katrina, but that's how bad it looked at times in FedEx Field today. And despite having a new name, a new ownership, it felt like the same old organizational loss that we've been having and experiencing under Dan Snyder. And let me tell you what I mean by that. It was alumni weekend. We brought out 175 fucking former players just to get our fucking asses destroyed in front of them. Yeah, they'll be back in another 20 years. In a fucking monsoon. Whose broad idea was it to make alumni week in the week we played the Buffalo Bills in the first place? Whose broad idea was that? Did they not see what was going on, what happened in 2021? And if this is the measurement stick game, where's the measurement at? I'm going to keep asking that question. I'm going to keep asking that question. And not only was Eric Bieniemy pass happy today, but then when he did run the ball, for example, on the one-yard line when you're down by 10 points, why the fuck are we running it under shotgun? When you have Brian Robinson. I just came on here last week and said that I haven't seen Brian Robinson fell a short yardage situation in his career. A go-to-go or a short yardage situation in his career. Where he being to me said, well, I got something for that ass today. We on the half yard line. We're gonna we gonna we gonna run we're gonna run shotgun. We're gonna put Brian Robinson on the six and let's see if he got it today. And what proceeded to happen? We got our asses blown the fuck up. And that was essentially the game. Because that was the closest we ever got to stiffen the red zone, the end zone for the rest of the game. I told you we had to kick a garbage time field goal just to avoid a shutout, just to feel good about ourselves. Just so we can go into next Sunday, just so we can say for, for the next week, well, at least we didn't get shut out. Fuck that. Fuck that. This was a game for the running backs. The elements, it was raining all day. It was disgusting. It was a thunderstorm. Brian Robinson should have got a gazillion carries today. And you want to know why he should have got a gazillion carries today? Because Antonio Gibson should never touch the fucking ball again in his life. Antonio Gibson is fucking garbage. I told y'all two weeks ago that Antonio... Gibson experience and Washington experiment and Washington is over. It's cut. 
He's not an NFL football player. No matter what potential explosiveness you think he has. How you going to be explosive without the football? Antonio Gibson has two fumbles on 14 touches this season. So he averaged a fumble every seven touches. I promise you I could do better than that. And I'm a YouTuber. Antonio Gibson is going. Do the Shanghai Sharks have a football team? Send Antonio Gibson to the fucking gulag. I heard the XFL and the USFL, they merged together. Antonio Gibson, you might want to call them and give them a shot. See what they talking about. Because your days in Washington are just about done, my boy. Your days in Washington are just about done, my boy. We brought you in to be a, a kick a, a, a kick returner. We brought, like we trying to pitch you at we, we put you at the kick return spot. You get to the seventeen yard line. Like you can't do shit, man. And I'm tired of forcing a fucking square part into a round hole. He just ain't it. And as I mentioned before, the theme of the day is a lot of the things that we were talking about in the offseason reared its ugly head. Like, if you knew you were going in with Sam Howe, we all knew that he had a tendency of holding on to the ball too long. All you had to do was read one fucking draft profile because all of them had the same thing. All of them said the same thing. All you had to do was watch fucking film and you saw it. But you knew that this was your quarterback going into this season. A quarterback who has the propensity of holding on to the ball to, um, for too long. So what do you do? You surround him with bookend tackles Charles Leno and Andrew Wiley. Chucky L and Andy Dub. The worst pair of bookend starting tackles in the entire NFL. The offensive line is a fucking joke. And you know the craziest thing about it? We signed Andrew Wiley on the first day of free agency. Like, this nigga's nice. Like, he's nice. But guess what? That's an Eric B. Enemy call. All hell save your Eric B. Enemy. That's another Eric B. Enemy call. The honeymoon's over, E.B., yeah, it took one game, but that was bullshit. That was bullshit. Because if we at least look competitive today, I wouldn't be talking like this, but we didn't. And y'all told us it was the measuring stick game. So how else am I supposed to feel? My bad for having expectations. You set it up for us, measuring stick. And all this game told us is that we're nowhere near the elite to the NFL. Because that's Buffalo. Buffalo is the elite to the NFL. And they ain't even want to ring yet. That's what a franchise quarterback looked like. That's what a good defense that doesn't get stale and run two vanilla schemes look like. That's what a good offensive line looks like. As I mentioned before, I mean, it was a recipe for disaster from the start. You mix a quarterback with the fucking pocket presence of Patrick Ramsey 
with the worst offensive line in the fucking starting and if the worst starting offensive line, I'm so frustrated I can't even talk. I'm so frustrated I can't even talk. Let's bring this back. You bring a quarterback in with the fucking pocket presence of Patrick Ramsey. And then you combine that with the worst starting offensive line in the NFL, that's a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for six sacks in week one, six sacks in week two, nine sacks in week three. Andrew Wiley is fucking dog shit. And y'all signed him on day one of free agency. But I knew it. I knew it. Something told me. When he rushed to sign on day one of free agency only for an $8 million deal. Yeah, that's a lot of money to us. But that is not a lot of money in starting NFL tackers standards. He knew he wasn't getting that bag nowhere else. He finessed us. He finessed us. He knew he wasn't even worth that $8 million. He ran and took that bag quick, fast, and in a hurry. Said, thank you, EB. And then proceeded to get my fucking quarterback destroyed. I don't really... The offense put up three points. What can you say? We got Terry McLaurin running fucking two-yard routes like he's fucking Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. Jahan Dawson is like the fucking invisible man out there. I don't know, man. I don't know. And you might be like, whoa, Jalen, yeah, you're contradicting yourself. You're saying run the ball, but then you're talking about Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Well, guess what? In Kansas City, they found every which way to get their playmakers the ball. You know how many jet sweeps I saw their receivers run? That's a part of running the ball. You know how many touch passes I saw the receivers run in Kansas City? Now, I won't give you that, that Scott Turner label just yet, EB, but I need better going against Philly. Because guess what? Scott Turner had a hell of a game plan against Philly last year. That was his best game plan of the season. So let's see how you respond going into the next week. But before I get into the defense, as I said, the things that we talked about early in the offseason are starting to ring rear its fucking head. When you look at this offensive line, how do you think that it's okay to go the first two rounds without drafting the offensive lineman? And you bring in a guy like Quan Martin who ain't do shit today but miss tackles on punch coverage. And you know what? Do you guys know that the four offensive linemen that were drafted after Quan Martin all are starting on their NFL teams right now? But you're telling me that we can't use that? But we got this guy playing gunner on special teams and doing a fucking poor job at that. How many defensive snaps did Quan Martin play today? The same amount as me. The same fucking amount as me. But I got Steve Avilia over there in, in, in L.A. doing his thing. I got Cody Mark over there in Tampa Bay doing his thing. And I got Carl Martin missing fucking special team tackles. 
But we supposed to think that's okay. But we not supposed to question it. Everybody in your mother told you that you needed help on the offensive line this offseason. But you said, all right, we're going to bring in Andrew Wiley, and that's going to do the fucking job. That's going to do the job. Let's get into this defense, man. The defense didn't play horrible despite 37 points. I mean, it's kind of hard to stop this team when your offense is willingly giving them the ball back four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, a thousand times. The defense didn't play horrible. But Jack Del Rio still doesn't know what to do with a quarterback that can move just a little bit. He still doesn't know what to do with a quarterback that's not a fucking statue back there. Whether it's Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson when we played them, Kyler Murray when we played them. Mobile quarterbacks are watching the defense is kryptonite. And it almost, I'm getting the feeling that if this defense isn't getting sacks, they're pretty useless. And they're not the defense that we thought they were. Because we still got weak spots in that defense. Buffalo was smart. They knew about the elements. They game planned around the elements. Their game plan was to have a lot of in-breaking routes where our fucking DBs were falling all over the place. If I see Emmanuel Forbes falling another fucking time coming out of his break, bruh. All our DBs falling all over the place. Josh Allen just putting it on them. How many tackles does Benjamin St. Juice had today? Because it seemed like he was making hella tackles once he let the receiver catch the ball. They had in-breaking routes attacking the middle of our defense where it's fucking putrid. Cody Barton fucking sucks. I told y'all that for two weeks. Look at the first drive. Look how many times that they threw at Cody Barton. And that's the scripted drive. So what does that tell you? That the Buffalo Bills also know that Cody Barton fucking sucks. Go look at Josh Allen's first big run. Go look at what the fuck Jamin Davis is doing. Making me look bad. As vice president of the Jamin Davis fan club. Dude, they already want you gone. Don't be adding fuel to the fire, bruh. They already don't want you here. It's ridiculous. The defensive line played okay. Okay. But how many times we just going to let fucking Josh Allen escape up the middle? Two years ago, y'all told me it was Chase Young letting him leave out the back door. Well, Chase Young played the best defensive game out of everybody today. Yes, I said it. Y'all can't believe it. Yes, Bleeding B&G said it. Chase Young was the best defensive player on the field today. Continue making me look stupid, Chase. Shut me the hell up. It wasn't a dominant game. He didn't live up to that generational tag. But he was the best defensive player on the field today by all means. Stop telling me Cam Curl's a top five safety. Stop. Stop it. I love Cam just as much as you do. Cam Curl keeps letting interceptions go through his hands. So at this point, you either got it or you don't. He dropped the interception week one against the Cardinals. 
And then this one, he let a ball go through his fucking head. Yeah, Josh Allen throws hard. Yeah, but I and I would be giving you the benefit of the doubt if you were somebody that was adept at causing turnovers, but you're not, Cam. You're not. And I heard you want a big old bag going into the offseason. But you got to create these turnovers. And guess what? We're going to pay you like a glorified linebacker because that's what you are right now. Best linebacker on our team, and that's not saying a lot. That's like being the tallest midget. But that's what you're playing like right now. Ball hit your hands. You just forget what the fuck to do. And today it resulted in a big play. Buffalo catching interceptions all over the place. We dropping them. Percy Butler, drop. Cam Curl, drop. I thought the thing for this GS defense was turnovers. I thought that was the thing this year. And you know what's worse? Go back and look at our draft class from this year. We had one person contribute anything of significance today. And significance is a stretch. Because Manny Foles only plays about only plays about fucking 60% of the snaps in the first place. And he ain't do much of shit today. Meanwhile, my boy Christian Gonzalez, who y'all told me that I was over there bitching about because we didn't draft him over there um, on draft night. He's holding Garrett Wilson to two, two, two catches for five yards. And that's not an indictment on Manny Ford. I'm talking in terms of the entire draft class, though. You have one person out of seven rounds that contributed anything out of significance today. And you sub him out in and out for your third safety. And you know, it's kind of hard for us to see when we're boots on the ground at FedEx and everything is happening live and we don't get replays and things like that. Uh, so I was kind of hard on Derek Forrest on that first touchdown against Gabe Davis. I got to go back and look at the film. But everybody was like, no, nah, that was just a perfect cover two beater, which, which, which happens a lot. But guess what? Y'all told me the same thing last week. So we just going to ha keep having perfect calls against Jack Del Rio's defense? Or is it too much to ask for Jack Del Rio to switch some shit up? And stop all this vanilla ass bullshit just because he got four bulls on that front on that front line. You ain't got much else on that defense. So start getting creative. Look at how many shifts Buffalo hit us with today. Look how many late motions they hit us with today on the defensive end. No wonder Sam was fucking flustered. Baltimore, I mean, I keep saying Baltimore. Buffalo had a hell of a defensive game plan today. They disguised a lot of looks going against a young quarterback because guess what? The first two weeks showed you that you need to throw the kitchen sink at this guy. And smart organizations do it. Smart organizations are heed to the game plan. Our game plan today should have been we stick with the run. But we didn't. Buffalo's game plan should have been just do enough for Josh Allen to just do enough he doesn't have to put the team on his back. And he only had 218 yards today. That's the difference between the elites of the NFL. One team dictates their game plan. The other one deviates from it. I'm hot. I'm over here already over at 30 minutes. I don't know how I got 30 minutes out of a of a 
of a game where we only put up three points. That's how you know we give you amazing content over here, Bleeding Me and G. Because we're going to squeeze the everlasting life out of everything out of this dead organism known as Washington football. But it's only one game. It's only one game. We 2-1-1. and one. We got Philly next week, though, and that ain't going to get much easier. But I need to see some things change. I need to th- see some things change schematically. Y'all told me the scheme was going to elevate Chucky L and Andrew Wiley's play. What happened to that? New scheme. Them boys still getting their asses whooped. Last year, we went from having two incompetent guards and Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner to this year having two incompetent tackles and Chucky Leno and Andrew Wiley. I'm going to let that ponder on you for a minute. That'll do it for this episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast. Hopefully, when we come back to recap our next episode, we have some positive vibes. But if you've been checking us out on YouTube, I'll be dropping the vlog tomorrow. And I might even push a reaction video out tomorrow. So be sure to check out that. Um, It's a long season. It's a long season. But I did not like how today went. Kind of ruined my week. Kind of ruined my week. I'm not even going to lie to you. So be sure to check in on the vlog. Be sure to check in on any other content on the uh, channel. And if we hit that 1,000 subscriber mark this week, I might go ahead and announce what game we sending that lucky subscriber to. So be sure to check into the uh, page. Be sure to check in at all our social medias. Our X page is at Bleeding BNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. So there's only one G on our X handle. Our Instagram is at Bleeding BNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N. G B and G, so the two G's in our Instagram handle. And if you're checking us out on audio only platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a rating, please leave a review. That's how we will finesse the algorithm so that when you're searching anything, Washington Commanders, Bleeding B and G is that number one content hub. That's what we strive to give you. Um, great content over here, Bleeding B and G. So I'll check in on you guys later. Have a great week. 